Hey there. Thank you for creating time to tune in to today's episode. My name is Adriana, and this is the PMDD podcast. I am warning listeners that there may be sensitive topics surrounding mental health and health procedures. The content here is for informational purposes only, and because each person is so unique, please consult your healthcare professional for any medical questions. I am super excited to introduce my next guest, who is Heidi Hogarth. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Oh, thanks for having me, Adriana Fudge. It's (laughs) awesome to be here. I love what you're doing with this podcast. Thank you. So let's get straight into it. I'm going to ask you a few questions just to set the scene. Uh, First of all, how old are you, if you don't mind me asking? I'm 47 years old. 47 young, great. 47 young, yes. (laughs) Uh, Where in the world are you right now? I'm in Adelaide in South Australia. Yeah, I've been here for about two years. I've moved around quite a bit, but yeah, now quite happily settled in Adelaide. A good part of Australia to be right now. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> it is. It's very easy life over here. <laughs> totally. Mm. And lastly, in the first questions, what day in the cycle are you? Ooh, I'm on day 10. <gasps> so I'm in spring and feeling pretty chipper about last. Oh. <laughs> Me too, sister. I'm in day seven. Actually, no, I think I'm day eight, actually. So we're, yeah, we're in sync. I completely feel those spring vibes. Mm. (laughs) And spring. And it's true spring as well. So that's even better. (laughs) Totally. So, all right, let's, let's get straight into it. Let's dive in. So tell me a little bit about your story with PMDD. All right. Um, well, my story is pretty long and a bit messy. Um, I, 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 st- I started suffering, I think, with, with PMDD from my late teens, early 20s, um, but I didn't know it was a thing. So, you know, you know I'm 47, so that was 25-plus years ago. Um, yeah. But I only found out that PMDD was a thing like two years ago, which is... Mm-hmm. <laughs> Not to say that I, I didn't get help and support in all that time. I um, I did get help for depression from various um, counsellors and energy healers and uh, whoever was going. Really, I'm I'm a naturopath, so I was exposed to a lot of different therapies, and that was a real blessing. So I wasn't without help and support. Um, yeah, it's just that only two years ago, a friend and colleague posted something on social media, said the words premenstrual dysphoric disorder. And I went, Oh my God, that's me. Like, I just, I didn't need to do any kind of diagnosis. I didn't need to go to a GP. I already had tracked my cycle. I knew my symptoms were premenstrual. And so I just knew I totally got PMDD. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Um, which is, um, yeah, like I said, I was getting help and support all that time, but knowing that PMDD existed just opened my world up in ways I, I didn't expect in terms of knowing other people are out there. I'm not just crazy. It's not just me having a stupid version of PMS um, and, yeah, that there's support and I can, I've got something to call it to say that there's something wrong with me rather than just thinking, 
there's something wrong with me for no reason. Mm. Um, yeah, so um, I started I started naturopathy about 20 years ago. So I've also wow. helped myself um, with holistic therapies like nutrition and herbal medicine and things like that. So, um, yeah, like I said, I wasn't without support. It was just I didn't know it was PMDD. <laughs> mm. So tell me about that start of the journey when you first heard about it. Like, I mean, first of all, what did just having that awareness do for you? Uh, I then became aware of the PMDD community. Mm. It's huge. It's so exciting, actually. It was amazing to find support groups on Facebook and um, other therapists on Instagram who are addressing PMDD specifically, whatever platform I was in, I would search PMDD, I'd find another PMDD podcast or someone else, I don't know, a blog type thing, anything. So it was just so interesting to discover a whole community out there. And I did feel a bit like, wow, I've missed out on this community for the past 25 years, right? I felt a little bit of grief about that. Um, but now that I'm I'm there, it's it's amazing, and uh, yeah, it's great to to see other people getting the support that they need, and and finding out and having their aha moments as well. You know, every day in those forums, you see someone thinking, "I think I've got it," and there's like fifty to a hundred comments of support. So I just yeah love that about the PMDD warriors out there. Mm. Um, yeah, I think that was the biggest kind of um, aha about the diagnosis or finding out about PMDD. Yeah, mm. it's interesting that you say that. I actually connected with somebody this morning. Obviously, since starting this podcast, I'm getting, you know, getting connected with so many women that have PMDD that have been diagnosed, you know, women and AFAB community that have been diagnosed with PMDD. And what was really interesting from the girl that I spoke to this morning was like, oh, wow, it's just so nice to hear someone else talk about it. And I was like, there is a whole world out there. And once you do start talking about it and when you do start investigating and researching, there really is so much support. And exactly when I went into the community, I was like, oh, my goodness, like I've been missing yeah. out. <laughs> These are my people. Yeah. We get to talk about all the taboo subjects and everything. Right. So, you know, if you are listening and I'm in. probably not oh, the craziest one there. A hundred percent. anybody is. Like I certainly don't grade people's craziness, but it's good to know that you're not the, the, the odd one out in your way. Oh, hundred yeah. percent. So yeah, if you are yeah. listening in and do exactly what Heidi's done, you know, you do, like you literally type in PMDD into any search function, and that can be on Facebook, that can be on Instagram, that can be on Reddit. I've seen that there's like t- over twenty or thirty thousand people in a group um, on yeah. a Reddit community. I'm like, wow, like it's, you know, and that's and that's a positive, but there's also just this little bit of negativity. I'm just like. Oh, there's so many people out there suffering. suffering right, yeah, out there. There and we too, definitely we just need to keep talking about it. So yeah. let's continue yeah. doing that. And so when you found out what PMDD was all about, what like how did you start? Like what were the things that you started implementing um, from after having the awareness? Um, well, I was already 
really I've been relatively symptom-free for a long time mm. or at least minimised my symptoms a lot through um, diet and natural therapies, herbal medicines and self-awareness, you know, so going through all that counselling and um, tapping and inner child work, all that kind of thing, that's um, really kind of brought me into balance a bit. Um, so my really my treatment for it started long before I found mm. out what it was. Um, yeah, it's just a combination of hormone balance and mental health and I'm just using my own um, knowledge of natural therapies and biochemistry there. Um, what, what it changed for me more, most significantly is my business actually. So mm. focusing on PMDD in my practice, like, like you said, realising there's so many people out there that need help and it, it just gave me such a um, drive and passion in my business to to really focus on PMDD. Mm. You know, before then, I, you know, I see anybody. I'm happy to help yeah. anybody, of course. But, um, yeah, but being able to focus on that really has given me a lot of passion um, professionally. So if we reflect on the last 20, you know, odd years that you suspect that you had that PMDD can you sort of maybe talk about were there some events or were there some distinctive moments where you were like when you actually look back on things and you're like hmm that was definitely PMDD because I think listeners this is how we sort of resonate you know I know I've had past guests come on and they're like they talk about you know the rice from Libby and then we talk about you know the water bottle and everything with the sister and everything is there things that sort of happened um in the past that you can that you can share (laughs) uh yeah I reckon there would be um I can, I do sometimes remember times when I was like traveling with a friend or living in a share house when I'd have a meltdown and um, not, not being able to explain why, like, why, why are you so upset? Like, and it just, I just want to growl and scream and cry. And I've got, I've got no reason to, you know, and my friend might be trying to help me and I can't, you know, I'm just angry at them. (laughs) um so yeah times like that I think it would have been good to be able to say oh look it's just me and I've got PMDD whereas at the time I was trying to find something to blame or someone to blame for the way I was feeling so I'd uh, sometimes thought I should go back and apologize to those people um and then the other thing that was significant was having babies so Mm. I think it's pretty well known or at least I've seen it discussed in the forums that we talk about is um, does it get worse with pregnancy or after pregnancy with birth um, after birth um, you know post postpartum type time and I think definitely for me yes and at the time I thought it was postpartum depression and mm. it probably was you know that there's also a link between PMDD and postpartum depression um, but that's when I really started feeling a bit more rage than I ever had before. Mm. So I've always been uh, depressive um, PMDD, so you know I'd, I'd be crying and despairing and thinking my life's pointless and worthless and everyone's better off without me. Mm. Um, then after I had kids, I was <laughs> much more angry. 
Mm. Um, I, was, I was also depressed and despairing, but I, I had this um, anger. And maybe it's a motherhood thing. Like I know, um, you know, mums can get frustrated with how their lives are, how their lives have changed, how it's not about them anymore, it's about the kids. And if they don't have the right support around them, then it's it's a huge burden for um, mums, parents for sure to bear, but in the early days mums take most of it. Um, so, yes, so it was it was the effect it was having on my kids or the the effect that I feared it would have on my kids that made me really start um, looking at it a bit more deeply and and upping my um, therapies, self-care. That's when the first time I I used pharmaceutical drugs as well. Mm. Um, Yeah. So, yeah, postpartum period I think was really important. And, yeah, any kind of change in hormones So. Um, menarche, pregnancy, terminations or miscarriages, birth and breastfeeding, those are all, um, you know, sensitive times for PMDD peeps to be aware of that things could get worse or that it could arise in those times. I'd love to dive into your business and where you you specialise now. I mean, let's start with what is naturopathy? You know, because uh, we do question. have we do have women and AFAB community listening in from all over the world. So I'm not too sure whether it's kind of different in other countries and everything. So can you explain what exactly naturopathy is? Okay, well, naturopathy is probably most easily explained with the um, as the, the mainstays of naturopathy for me are nutrition and herbal medicine. Mm. So I'm a holistic practitioner, looking at the whole person, not just the disease. So you know. And not just um, the physical health, but mental, emotional, their lifestyle, their you know influences from all around the environment, um, and how that is manifesting in their physical and mental well-being. Um, and my main modalities are nutrition and herbal medicine. So I always start with food. Um, yeah, it's just. It's the foundation of life, you know. This is what your body is made of. Your brain is part of your body. (laughs) So getting your food right means you've got the right building blocks to get the hormones in balance, the neurotransmitters are good, your stress resilience is high. Everything can operate better when you've got the right food. Mm. So that's what I start with. And then herbal medicine is an amazing, powerful adjunct to that. It's can uh, it just supports in so many ways. Um, yeah, herbs have a fantastic wide range of actions. Like they're not like pharmaceutical drugs that just have their kind of one action. They they can really cover a lot of different bases and have a beautiful balancing effect rather than, you know, that it just raises, you know, say it's estrogen doesn't just raise estrogen or lower estrogen it balances estrogen that kind of thing Mm. so yeah nice balancing effect and they're really powerful so Mm. if you can hear my dog Ah. barking in the background (laughs) totally fine totally fine yeah um yeah so but also so i'm not a um counselor or psychologist of any kind but i do make sure that people are looking after that side of their health and well-being mm. if they need to um, find a referral for them or help them find a type of therapy that can help them in that way 
um, yeah, making sure that they're meditating or journaling or exercising or happy in their jobs, that their relationships are good, that they communicate well with their friends and family, you know, so that's just all part of the whole holistic well-being of a person. So that's where I think naturopathy um, is really special. Yeah. Mm, yeah, and but it's it's it you're bang on when you talk about how you know we need a team of people. There's not just this magic yeah. one person that's going to help you along this way, and it's not just professionals. Definitely. It's friends and family, and how we communicate. You know, our partners and everything. It's so so important. So with with say, let's talk about the nutrition part of it and how. Mm-hmm important it is specifically for PMDD? Right. Um, Yes. Well, (laughs) lots of reasons. So we could start with, so naturopathy really focuses a lot on gut health as well. So Mm -hmm. the the gut is the, the pathway to the rest of your body. So you could have the most perfect diet, but if you're not digesting well, then you're not absorbing those wonderful nutrients and you're not um, utilizing them properly in your biochemistry. So, when we, we, if we start with gut health, then firstly, of course, there's the digestion and absorption, but there's also the excretion part. And that's really important in PMDD because estrogen is excreted through the liver mm. and then the bowels. So, the liver conjugates it, spits it out through the bile, and then it's carried out with waste matter from the bowels. If you're constipated or you have a microbiome imbalance, you could be um, reabsorbing estrogen and worse than that, reabsorbing toxic estrogens as well, like xenoestrogens from from the environment, so from plastics, from, um, you know, artificial Mm. fragrances and things like that, which is a whole other (laughs) ball game. But if we're talking about food, then let's just stick to food and the the gut gut health. So, yeah, just making sure that it's coming out nicely and not being uh, reabsorbed excessively. Um, Then uh, I love the biochemistry of mental health. Um, And there's a – okay, so PMDD isn't necessarily considered a hormone imbalance, although some people with PMDD – do have a hormone imbalance and what's a normal range of hormones is super wide and covering 90% of the population. Um, Only the top five or the top or the bottom 5% come outside the range. So if you're inside the range, it's not a really good um, measure of whether you have a hormone imbalance, but it's (laughs) another story Mm. as well. Um, But so if I focus on... um, the biochemistry of neurotransmitters, the, the nutrition that you need there. You need magnesium. Mm. Um, zinc is a big one for producing neurotransmitters. Vitamin D, mm. and the B vitamins, um, folate and B9, uh, B12 are really important for neurotransmitter production. So getting all those right. Uh, of course, the amino acids, you need tryptophan for serotonin, tyrosine for dopamine. Um, so making sure you're getting good, healthy, um, quality protein um, and lots of green veggies. Mm. <laughs> so, yeah, it can be just that simple, just getting that right. And then also avoiding um, unhelpful foods. You know, there's a lot of unhelpful substances in our diets. 
uh, whether it's um, allergies and intolerances or just what we find in general food like pesticides and herbicides, mm-hmm. um, yeah, other chemicals that are used to grow and produce foods or to spray them, um, irrigation as they come into Australia. So, yeah, lots of things to consider when it comes to food yeah, and how those things affect. Like a lot of those chemicals that you find in foods are neurotoxic. Mm. And in PMDD, our brains are a little bit sensitive. And so I think really getting those, uh, minimising those as much as possible is really important. Mm. It seems like <laughs> when I've been on these community groups and obviously been with my the people that I've sort of, the professionals that I've sort of worked with, they what I keep seeing like is no coffee, no sugar, and no alcohol as a basis. Like they yeah. they seem to be a quite rife. It, everyone talks about that. Can you just I, I, maybe this is for me personally? Like, why is sugar so bad for like as in specifically for PMDD? Yeah, firstly, it really affects all the other hormones, right? Um, Simple, it imbalances the microbiome, which, again, can affect uh, estrogen metabolism Mm. and um, in in affecting the microbiome, it also affects your cravings. So once once you've kind of, what you feed grows, Mm. right? So once you start um, feeding it sugar, then your microbiome through your gut-brain connection sends messages up to your brain, I need more sugar, I need more sugar, and that blows things out even worse. Um, another thing with sugar is, especially refined sugar, it it has no nutritional value apart from the calories and that it's a simple sugar that's quickly boosts the insulin. So um, in doing that, it's it really burns up a lot of your nutrients. So it would call it a, a bit of a nutrient robber in that it, um, it takes more than it gives. So, you, you, you know, compared to, say, a, a natural sugar like fruit that has lots of vitamins and um, minerals in it or even honey that's a kind of a simple sugar but at least it has other nutrients in there, um, simple sugars or refined sugar just gives you nothing and takes a lot. What else can we say about sugar? Yeah, it's a big, big topic. I think you first need to get back to a good baseline Mm. before you can include sugar in moderation. You really need to to feel what effect it has on you. And I don't think you really can until you eliminate it completely for a little while. I'd say minimum two weeks and preferably two months, a month, as long as possible really. And then the longer you can eliminate it, the more sensitive you are to what it does to you when you have it um yeah but it has a huge metabolic um impact and when you think about um so sugar um not just sugar but over overeating and creating fat fats also have a metabolic action and especially hormonally so they can be acting um you know producing and metabolizing estrogens as well so that can have a big effect on pmdd Mm. too so okay i am going to ask one more question in in that three why coffee why is like i'm I'm seeing coffee and this is probably my biggest vice as well Mm. i'm still drinking coffee because I'm not drinking alcohol, I'm you know, and I'm not. I'm on a really clean diet at the moment. But coffee for me is really, really 
really difficult to give up. So is it actually the the actual coffee that we have to give up or is it because of all the milks or something that we're, uh, that? No, let's just talk so about, just talk about the plain coffee. <laughs> it's the coffee. Okay. <laughs> like it's not that bad. Like I think one or two cups a day is okay. But um, if you're sensitive, especially if you're more of an anxiety type um, PMDD, then I think giving up coffee is a really good idea. It's, uh, it really pushes your adrenals. Mm. So that then comes to the jitters and next comes anxiety. On top of that, it has a, quite a long half-life. So it takes about eight hours for your body to process half of the coffee. So if you have your coffee, your morning coffee, so it's 8, 8 a.m. At 4 p.m., you still have half of it in your system. Mm. And then so even that morning coffee can impact your sleep. So, you know, insomnia is a big issue in PMDD as well. So if you have an issue with insomnia or anxiety, I think giving up the coffee is a good idea. It's also a nutrient, Robert. It it takes more Mm. than it gives. It does have some benefits, um, you know, with uh, antioxidants, um, but there's lots of other places you can get antioxidants from. And I'm, I don't. I often don't focus on the <laughs> the sugar, alcohol, and coffee. Mm, um, yeah, because it, you know I don't want to immediately take people's fun away. And I drink coffee, and I have the occasional wine. Um, so you know you can have it in moderation. Um, but I think it's it's again a matter of like if if those things are an issue for you, that it's worth giving it up for a while to see if you're better. And if you're someone, actually, it also can cause that afternoon slump. That's the other thing that's really not good with coffee. So if you're having, especially if you have, oh, it doesn't matter, whatever you have in the morning, mm. by that eight hours later, that's when you might be reaching for the, the second coffee or um, a sugar hit to get your energy up again. So I think if you can eliminate that first coffee, it just evens out your energy for the whole day. Mm. Okay, mm. nutrient robber. <laughs> All I can hear about is in my head that's going nutrient robber, nutrient robber. I really like that phrase. Well, I don't, but <laughs> especially um, calcium and, and iron. So it's been found to reduce absorption of calcium and iron. What is one bit of advice that they could go and do straight away to start just minimizing? Those? If you were to just give a general one, I know that you've got a toolkit that's full mm. of different things and everything, but a general one that maybe, you know, someone at home listening or on their walk, what can they, what's something that they can implement in their day? When I think about the one single thing that can have a really fast and positive impact it's actually exercise Mm. so it's really it's just good for everything and exercise for mental health I mean I I know you know much more about this than me but exercise for mental health doesn't have to be as intense and strenuous and as long as it is if you're trying to improve your physical health or your fitness Mm. Um, even if you could do a 20 minute walk even if it's a 10 minute walk I'm a big fan of anything's better than nothing. So if you could just stand up and walk outside, you know, sometimes your depression and your energy is so low that you can't even contemplate putting on shoes and getting out of the house. So if you could just like sit on the balcony or I don't know, stand up and down for a bit, but better than that, if you could get outside, get into some fresh air in sunshine, bonus points if you're in nature and in uh, and with a friend, actually, mm. you know, as you know, if you 
book an appointment with a friend, you're more likely to do it. Um, but exercise has been found to not only improve mental health um, yeah, through you know, endorphin release and, um, and dopamine release, but also improving your microbiome, strangely. Mm. So how amazing is that? Like just getting out and doing some exercise helps your gut health. And then, then when your gut's happy and it produces GABA and serotonin, sends up happy chemicals up to your brain. Um, and then as you were saying before, the second, actually it's probably the first thing I say, is gather your team. You know, mm. it's, a big, it's a big thing that you're dealing with with PMDD. It's huge. So you want as many people on your side as you can, whether it's your GP, your counsellor, your psychologist, your naturopath, your friends, your partner, whoever you can find, you know, as many people as possible that you can trust because sometimes you don't, you feel like a burden, right? Mm. You don't want to always be calling the same person. You feel like, yeah, well, I did. And I think lots of people feel like it's too much to ask one person to always be my support person. So, yeah, having as many people as possible. Um, Dietary-wise, uh, you're right. I think there isn't one thing, but um, I think it's the same for everyone. Veggies and water. Mm. <laughs> Just veggies for every meal, even if you can get some in at breakfast, in snacks, you know, always have a, a tub of cut raw veggie sticks in your fridge. Mm. When I'm cooking dinner, I'll always chop up extra raw so I can throw them in the kids' lunch boxes and they're there for a snack anytime so it's the first thing that it's whether it's me my husband my kids if that's you know when they're hungry they come to me I'm starving like we'll start with veggies I know it's not going to spoil their appetites and they're getting some good things in and me too yeah Um, and then it's just ready and it's not it's not that much more to prepare when you're already preparing your dinner or whatever you're preparing yeah so just trying to get in as many as possible because that's where all of our best um minerals, vitamins, antioxidants, all kinds of other phytonutrients, uh, mostly in the veggies. Yeah. Yeah, such and great it's, tips. And it's so, so many people don't eat enough. Like, oh, I think it's only like 5 or 10% of the population have that not optimum amount but that 2 and 5 amount that's recommended by um, the government. So oh. even that, that's not enough. 2 and 5 is not enough. You really need five handfuls <laughs> at least, uh, a, a handful or two veggies at every meal. So, uh, yeah, I'm all about putting the good stuff in, crowding mm. out the bad stuff. So start with um, what we can add rather than taking away the coffee and alcohol. <laughs> yes, yes. Oh, so many great tips, especially the one I'm going to take home is, you know, preparing tomorrow's snacks whilst doing the dinner because yeah. I think that's such, that's just a really, it's a very simple but very smart, effective way of, um, yeah, making sure that we have something prepping. That's the word I was looking for, prepping. Yeah, right. Prepping. Yeah. 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 You have definitely shared some great tips there. I'd love to finish up with um, a question that I ask everybody, and that is, what are the positives that have come out from, and you can either uh, either answer this from obviously from a perspective of having a PMDD sort of diagnosis or how your, you know, the positives that have come out from now treating people that have been diagnosed with PMDD. 
Ooh, I'd like to answer both. <laughs> Please do. Um, personally, I think having PMDD forced me into self-awareness mm-hmm. and um, self-care, really, like knowing that how I was feeling was impacting other people especially and knowing that I felt rubbish and I was destined for better things than just feeling rubbish all the time. Mm. You know, I've, I've got plans for my life and PMDD was really holding me back. So I needed to sort that shit out. Um, mm. So doing that, yeah, having that challenge, it just forces you to look deeper and to search and to understand more about yourself and that has a nice trickle on effect into relationships and how you live your life. And then, um, yeah, professionally, like I think I mentioned earlier, um, I just love that it's given me more passion in my in my business to to help more people. Um, it's given me a real focus there. So, um, yeah, when I started up as a naturopath, I didn't, you know, like like I said, I like helping everyone, but I really love helping people with PMDD because I understand how how awful and how debilitating it can be. And um, what a change you can you can make in your life when you're living well and you're happier and more balanced. Mm, absolutely, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. how how can people find how can people find you? Ah, um, well, either through my website, which is www.fundamentalwellbeing.life, or um, I'm pretty active on Instagram, and that's Heidi Hogarth underscore naturopath. And I guess that's where I kind of share more kind of tips about PMDD and um, any kind of news. <laughs> if I have any, you know, anything professionally going on or new things or new ideas, new research, that's, yeah, it's a bit more active over there. Mm, awesome. Well, I'm going to pop all of that in the show notes so that people can follow <laughs> and find you. Heidi, it's been such a pleasure having you on the show. I'm so grateful for your time and your beautiful energy. So thank you so much for being here. Thanks, Adriana. You're awesome. I just love how you've taken this thing and run with it. (laughs) Yeah, the PMDD world is much better for having you in it. So thanks for what you do as well. Thanks for having me here. Thank you for listening to this episode. Please ensure that you like, subscribe, follow, or whatever it is that you need to do to keep up to date with new episodes on your podcast listening platform. If you would like to get in touch with me, please email me at thepmddpodcast at gmail.com. Please make sure that you follow our new home on Instagram, which is at the underscore pmddpodcast. Thank you so much again. I look forward to chatting with you soon. Much love.